filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster Ladies and gentlemen, 10:20 Eastern in the East PM. I think we have like a 72-minute Game of Thrones tonight, season seven, episode six, the pet ultimate episode. Dan O'Brien joins me from Philadelphia. Dan, holy moly. I think that might have been, and I, I'm speculating it earlier, that this was an all-timer of an episode, and I'm going to go so far as to say that this may have been the most meaningful episode in the history of Game of Thrones, a television show. Well, as far as an all-timer goes, I will push back on that a little bit, because the fact that we do the podcast five minutes after the episode airs, we don't have, a, we don't have any time to sit back, to let it marinate, to think on it, to see any other hot takes. I will say as far as meaningful goes, though, uh, I mean, all sorts of things were happening uh, and moved the plot along and moved us closer to the end than, than full seasons have done in the past. We, yeah, that episode, that episode, you said this earlier, we were texting. The penultimate episode of every season tends to be kind of the most epic. And I, again, you're right to point out that we only, you know, five, ten minutes ago the show ended, and so therefore I'm being a little bit hyperbolic but i would put this penultimate episode against the other the other six and i think this one's going to be in the top three i mean that let's just get into it but but dude that was amazing well when i when i first just to let you know where how i'm watching the episode how i'm consuming it every week please but i'm watching it with my wife miss dara o'brien who is also the the correspondent on southern charm right we've mentioned before she decided to skip the first six Yeah, she jumped in six seasons late yeah, and so she's like, you know, I, I talk about the show enough, and she's heard the podcast, so she has a familiarity with it. She doesn't know all the nuances or whatever. So she's started to watch every episode this year. Yep. And so they did this, the, you know, last, they, you know, recently on Game of Thrones, which kind of tells you what's going to happen in this episode. Yep. They're talking about Longclaw and the sword and between the, the Mormonts and now Jon Snow has it. So I just, I knew that that was a blind spot for her. I started explaining and she, I was like, oh, remember? She goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, oh, Jorah. Remember he had the guy who had a grayscale. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She goes, oh, you remember I skipped episode two this season. So not only has she not even seen I mean, dude. the first 61 <laughs> episode, she hasn't even seen all six episodes this season that she's watching with us. So, I mean, kudos, uh, but also... I feel like that's when I go over to Europe. I go over to Europe and I try to have conversations with people in rudimentary Spanish, and they're just like, "Dude, you missed like everything about Spanish. There's no point in trying now. You're 40. You're almost 40 years old." Um, All right. Well, by the way, I haven't even said it yet. Wine Wall and Dragons, filibuster freestyle, filibusterfreestyle.com. Okay, I'm going right to the end of the show. Okay. Uh, One of the dragons gets gets. Ice speared, javelined down, and dies. That was unfortunate. And we're going to get into that, but my question is, where the hell do the White Walkers get all those chains they use to pull one of the dragons out of the ice lake? And, Magic. Okay. Also, here's the one that, that it really is a plot, a plot thing, though, right? Did you notice how the White Walkers tend to be pretty ineffective in water? 
Yeah. So, for instance, when the, when their weight collapsed the ice and they fell in, they all had to stop and not kill the rest of the the, the living dudes because of water. And then when they dragged Jon Snow under, and we'll get into that, he somehow got away because they're not effective in water. How the hell did they take magic chains and hook them up to a dragon when they can't even function in water? I'm just saying... I believe in supersonic ravens. I believe in magic. I believe in the fact that the, the Night's King has the, an arm better than Pedro Martinez in 1999. Quas was the best javelin thrower of all time. Was he an Olympian in his former life? Is he, you know, but how the hell do they hook up the chains to the dragon? Maybe the Night, well, maybe the night Walker did it. Uh, I don't know. I, all right, all right. I, just need, I need to get that one out. But let me ask you a real question. Real, let me ask you a real question. Obviously, that, that was not Drogon who died. Was it Rhaegal or Viserion who went down? Oh, it was not Rhaegar. Exactly. Not that, it, we all know that is Jon's dragon. When, when he figures out what's what, he's going to be riding that. It'll so you awful. feel like they took care of it for us, and Viserion, who was named after Danny's dead brother, Viserys. Viserys yeah, yeah. He, he died, and now, obviously, uh, the dragon is for the moment, dead. <laughs> but but anyway, I want to get into that last because holy holy crap! But well, actually, not last. But anyway, John's definitely going to ride Rhaegal because Viserion is dead, and the Night's King is going to ride Viserion because we've got a White Walker dragon, and that is an absolute game changer, and that is why this is the most meaningful episode ever. The Night's King has got a, trading in his dead horse for a dead dragon. Jesus H. Christmas! And now there's a pathway. You can see how they were going to get over the wall now. Because now they have a dragon that breathes fire, um, and the wall is protected by all these uh, magical spells, apparently, but a dragon is going to be integral in taking that thing down. Yes. Andor is flying up, up, over, and around it. I mean, for instance. Yeah. For instance, what's stopping the Night's King from just flying over Red, uh, the Red Keep in King's Landing and just doing his own burn-down deal. You know, I'm not saying he's going to do that, but he can do whatever he wants. He's got Viserion, the dead dragon. The chessboard just opened up for the Night's King. Yeah. He can take Winterfell tomorrow if he wanted to. Anywhere he wants. I mean, unless there's two dragons going up against him. And, again, I just want to give him props for his Magic Ice Spear, which is also fake band name of the week, Magic Ice Spear. Ooh, that is actually, that might be your, one of your best Might ones. be one of the best, because this episode is so chock full of greatness. Um, <laughs> speaking of greatness, your boy Torment. Uh, I think he might have had his best episode ever. 100, the, he had one-liners. I, I, I wrote down, I gotta find it in my notes. Hey, take a look. Let me, let me start it off and you can find it, okay? Alright, go ahead. Torment, had, his comic genius was on full display. Which, first of all, made me think very hard that he was probably going to die. I cannot believe he's still alive. It was a very close call. But he, he had quips. He was talking about his desired love life with Brianna Tarth with the Hound. They had some fun moments. He gave John some really good advice about bending the knee and how Mance Raider never did it. And that got everybody killed and his pride shouldn't get in the way. I mean, Tormund was on fire tonight, kissed by fire as a ginger. Oh, exactly. I feel like I... I know where your love for, we, I, we all know that Tormund did a great job tonight but also I think that you were really swayed by his comment about how gingers are beautiful uh, <laughs> I think that really resonated with you uh, for one of course uh, but I wrote that I, I, he was he was a, an absolute blast and what was because he was so great in the first half of the episode 
again, because I'm a fatalist, a Game of Thrones fatalist, anytime anybody's doing good, I think they're immediately about to die. Correct. Um, that at the end of the episode, when he was getting pulled in by, by, uh, by the whites uh, into the water, like it, it kind of, they made it look like it was all but over, and I had kind of resonated, resonated myself to the fact that Tormund is gone. And then the Hound saves him, and it's like having Tormund back in a reunion, coming back home all over again. I feel like I lost him, and he came back, and I'm so excited to have him. And have him. still the, the the potential reunion, I'll know, uh, I know this is small potatoes compared to the grand scale of things, but I want to see a Tormund-Brienne reunion. I want to see those, those two kids uh, get together. They're a blast. Well, I'm worried about that because I don't have to jump around too much, but Brienne just got sent south uh, at Sansa's request. But but let's stick to stay in the moment with Tormund for a minute. Yes, please. I would uh, love for them uh, to make, as he described, monstrous, beautiful babies. Or I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty close. Yeah, that was a fantastic. Just everything about it was great. Um, okay, did you think Jon Snow was dead again when he went into that ice lake? No. Um, I didn't think he was dead because they're not, they're not going to kill Jon Snow off screen uh, after he's already died once. On screen. But I had no idea how they were going to. I was racking my brain for like, how the heck does he get out of this situation? That was quite the pickle. It, it was quite a pickle. The dragons are gone. He's underwater. Um, and, you know, actually, quite honestly, Benjen came to my head for a second, but I was like, no, I was thinking maybe the children of the forest would pop out of nowhere. Um, and then it was fantastic when Benjamin rode out of nowhere, swinging that that chain of fire, fire bolo thing. It was the most. Ama- it was amazing, and it, it resonated. And Benjamin with his second save, because he he had a huge save of brands. Save brand, save brands, but uh, uh, this time it doesn't seem like Benjamin's going to be able to to get out of this one. Seems like he went down. Well, for a couple things. Like, for instance, Benjen likes to bail out the Stark family, his nephews, north of the Wall, okay? Tonight was tonight was the last time he's going to be able to do that for obvious reasons, okay? Um, yes. You know, um, oh, I just lost it. I'm so sorry. Oh, Thoros of Mir likes to bail out Beric Dondarrion and always bring him back. Tonight he froze to death his last stand. So Beric and Jon, and they're all, they're all done being watched over by their buddies, you know? But Uncle Benjen... A.K.A. Cold Hands, way to come back one more time. Speaking of coming back one more time, let's go to a new a new segment in the show, which is Dan Ruddle text us in the middle of the pod. He, apparently, he he paused he paused the, towards the end of the episode, and when he came back, something was wrong. So he, he's he's about ten minutes behind us. He just found out that the Night's King pulled what we believe was Viserion, the dragon, out of the out of the ice lake and, and turned him into a White Walker dragon, and. He wrote, oh, no, dot, 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 oh, F word, no, dot, dot, dot. This is dreadful development. Yes, yes, Dan Ruddle. Hot takes from Dan Ruddle via the text line. Despite our protests uh, and uh, our best efforts to ask him, please, please, Dan, don't text us while we're trying to. No, that's okay, though. He, 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 was, he was so proud to be watching it in real time tonight, and, of course, he jinxed himself. <laughs> so, anyway. All right, so, Ben... Well, I'll tell you, when we're talking about Benjamin and Thoros, one of the things that did sort of shock me is that we still have, not a lot of players got taken off the, the board. Thoros and Benjamin are basically it, and they are the periphery of periphery players in, in the fact that they will miss entire seasons and you don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. I, I thought when the dragon went down, 
um, that that was that's actually the big card off the table. But then the dragon's back. Other than that, you know, I had predicted Sansa Arya. Uh, some one of those two. Both of them are still alive. We'll get into them in a minute. Exactly. Like everybody's still alive. Nobody outside. Yeah, we all, lost like three <laughs> random dudes in the in the hunting expedition, and then Thoros of Mir, who again, and Benjen. In the dragons back to life in a big, bigger way. Unfortunately, if you don't like White Walkers, so really not a lot of big losses tonight, except for the whole dragon piece, which is obviously major. Yeah, especially considering all the violence and the battles and the danger that happened uh, through this episode. Yeah, those are it's not a bad, not a bad uh, mortality rate. I mean, I thought the Hound. You basically, all these guys were in harm's way. You know, Beric Dondarrion. But everyone was going. The to Hound, yeah. Jon Snow, Jorah Mormont. I mean, yes. uh, Gendry, who yeah. Gendry, who Carl Lewis did all the way back, or Marathon did all the way back to Eastwatch. Oh, heck of a Rocky Four training montage Gendry had running back to over the mountain. I like how the guy who was freezing the most at the beginning was the guy that they were like, "Oh no, no, we'll we'll send him back to Eastwatch because he knows where he's going." No, he doesn't. No, what? Where is he going? What is Gendry going to? Like Tormund should have been sent because Tormund's from north of the wall. Tormund knows his way back. I'm just saying. It was an easy fix, but Torrin was having such a good episode that, of course, he had to stay to the bitter end. Of course, he. Did. Uh, Dave, come on, you you and I both know Torrin's not leaving a fight. We know Torrin. He's, he's really good at killing people. He, just ask exactly. him; he'll tell you. Okay, let's go to somebody else who's really good at killing people who's going straight sociopath, and I'm getting sick of it. Our girl Arya Stark. Yeah. Okay. Hey, all right. I like where you're going. I, I think I think we are on the same page here. So Sansa's a moron, and Sansa's always been a moron. And she's had like three and a half good moves in seven, seven, eight years. So, but I expect more from Arya. You know, she's trained. She's a trained assassin. She knows Littlefinger is a creep and a liar and a manipulator. And this petty storyline is now my least favorite. It's turning into the Sand Snakes a little bit. It's useless. It feels needless for the time being. I just want to kill Littlefinger and get on with it. Huge waste of time. I, I will say this is this is what I and this is before Arya really turned heel against Sansa. Yeah, like, towards I, the end. Yeah, towards the end. I was thinking that I, I every minute that I watch a show, I have fun. Every scene, every character, the good characters, the bad characters, except when Littlefinger's on the screen. Yeah. But I when I see him, I get We're annoyed. All... It's not even like I love to hate. You know, I just, just hate. I just hate him. My second least favorite is Sansa because, you know, listen, I like her because her last name is Stark. I, I sympathize and empathize with her because she's been through some horrible things. Yes. She's made horrible decisions and, you know, she wasn't a great character in the beginning. They're like the two of them team together is like the opposite of the, the mega powers of Macho Man and Hulk, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Doink the Clown and Coco Beware. <laughs> you leave Coco Beware alone. I know what you mean. The point is, as much as we like to see Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen on TV at the same time, is how much I hate seeing Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, and Sansa Stark on screen at the same time. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's not, it's not exciting. It's interesting. It does nothing for me. Now, okay. Well, clearly, look. Okay. So many things that, again, I don't really care, so I'm going to spend 45 seconds on this or less. All right. The letter that Cersei sent to Sansa Stark. Yes. Okay. Summoning Sansa to King's Landing or whatever. Is that even real? Because she thinks Jon Snow is the king, one. And two, did Littlefinger just make that up? Did, you know what I mean? We didn't see a raven. We didn't. 
Correct. A little bad connection there with Dan. Here he comes. Oh, yeah, we can't, you can't believe anything that, that, that Sanso and or Littlefinger say because they're apparently now in cahoots. Um, and I, who knows? It's the, the only person who's truly looking out for Sansa in Winterfell, she just sent away. Is Brianna Tarth. Now, what I think is hilarious, and I might be wrong, is that Peter Baelish thinks that sending Brianna Tarth away will allow for he and Sansa to potentially not protect Arya. Okay? And or he just thinks he's going to move in. But what I think Arya said at the end there when Sansa found her face masks and whatever was but Arya was like, dude, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> like, you guys don't understand what's happening here. I could be Peter Baelish right now. I could be you right now. I could cut your face off and walk around in your skin. Don't do this. Don't try me, dog. Don't try me. And that was the thing. Their disagreement, they're, they're sisters, and they had a disagreement, and they were sisters who have always had opposite points of view, and we all have siblings or family Relatives, members. Thanksgiving dinner, absolutely. Yeah, different ways of doing things. But it escalated so quickly from, I disagree with your doing, hey, how could you have betrayed the family back in the day, to I'm going to murder you. And that's a very quick, or I'm... If you cross me, I will murder you tonight. And then I'll uh, walk around with your face on and no one will be the wiser. <laughs> yeah, I will wear your skin. That's a very quick ex- escalation from like, we are sibling rivals and you're you are a princess and I'm a tomboy and I disagree with the way you, you're ruling to, I'm going to wear your skin as a suit. That sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it, but it just didn't seem genuine from Arya. It seemed very... Uh, I don't know, Arya had always been sure about revenge, as well she should be, but she she was more deliberate than that, and it just seemed a, a not well thought out. Not well thought out at all. And I just, like I said, I expect more from Arya. So, like, we've got some rumbling, especially in the interwebs, of Danny kind of unraveling, becoming more like her father, the Mad King, a little bit. I thought tonight went back in a different direction there. but. Yeah. Now I really feel like we're starting to see that everybody was really loving Arya, rooting for Arya, pumped for Arya. And not that anybody likes Sansa or Littlefinger. We just covered that. But Arya is becoming a lot less likable. If she doesn't like it, just leave, man. Go down to to King's Landing and kill Cersei. Like, you don't need to be there. That's a great point. Why is she tied to Winterfell? Like, uh, yeah, she grew up there and everything, but, like, she should She's been gone for half her life. She's got a, a... a sack full of skills. Why doesn't she go find John? Why does she go down to, to King's Landing and start taking people out? Why is she hanging around Sansa? That's, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's a dumb, I feel like this is a dumb way for her storyline to go. Yeah. And I think it's a very dumb way for what will eventually be her storyline to end, I think, unfortunately. So you think she's going to get the, do you think Sansa's going to get the best of Arya? I, I think one of them has to go. It, it, I, I thought it might happen tonight. I think if it, not tonight, maybe next week. But it's either Sansa or Arya. There again. There's like I said this last week. There's too many Starks on the board. Um, there and it's not going to be Bran or John. If if John didn't die tonight, he was he's not going to die for a long time. Right. Also, where the heck is Bran tonight? To like, he's he doesn't have enough ESP to break up his sister's fighting. And doesn't it say something that we're sitting here complaining about Littlefinger and Sansa being, you know, annoying? We don't like them. But Bran, we didn't even met Bran. They're worse than Bran, though. 
still. There's brand, there's possibilities, there's ways to go in that storyline where maybe it'll surprise us and, and it'll, it'll elevate itself. Yeah, but, for sure. It is tough. It is tough with brand. Right, but we'll get to brand at some point when the show gets back to brand because the show gave us yeah. no brand tonight. Now, now my only thing I'd say is maybe brand sent Uncle Benjamin that one last time, but we don't know that, so we can't even give him props for that. That would be great if he did. I hope so. Just give him credit anyway. Yeah. Last thing I want to cover, I want to cover some more quick hits, but the last theme I want to cover is that Daenerys is just kind of stopping listening to what Tyrion is saying. Holy cow! Who's having a worse season than Tyrion? Every movie makes us wrong, and now he's at a point where he's the hand of the queen, and she second-guesses everything he says because either she thinks he's lying or his, his true advice sucks. Either way, not a good thing for a hand to be is not coming through. No, like, what value is he? The only value he provided is getting in front of Jamie and setting up this apparent tete-a-tete that's going to happen next week between whoever. And again... And I don't want to get off Tyrion yet because I feel like we really need to say how bad he's been as an advisor this season. Uh, but how awful was his plan to go north of the Wall? Again, in while seeing it in practice. Yeah, his plan. That was his his plan. What? It was a horrendous plan. Absolutely, especially because you, you the one thing you didn't want to do would send dragons and get Daenerys in harm's way, which you had to do anyway because your plan sucked. Gendry sent a raven. Danny was like, I'm not listening to you anymore. She brought all three dragons, and now she's down one dragon, and oh, by the way, the White Walkers are up one dragon. Huge Damn. swing. That's a two-dragon swing. That's a two-dragon swing. That's, that's some sweet dodgeball action, if you know what I mean, Pepper Brooks. I mean, that's, that's a two-for-one switcheroo. That is not good. It's, uh... it's really bad for the realm. And that's the best idea he's had because that's the only one that's actually kind of worked out against everybody. Correct. So when your best, so when your best idea gives the White Walkers a dragon, <laughs> you're having a bad season. <laughs> so what? What's the end game for him? Is he going to have a, uh, a redemption at some point tomorrow, uh, next week? Well, from scenes from the. From- what value is he adding? I, I honestly, I feel like at this point, Danny needs to hurt. Danny can't even use him as a hostage because his family hates him. So, like, I don't know what his face turn is going to be, but maybe if Varys is going to go bad one more time, maybe Tyrion makes a sweet move one more time. That's about it. All right, well, here's a prediction for next week based on scenes from the next. Which were brief. Go for it. Which were brief. It looked like there was a meetup of Cersei, Jaime, Jon Snow, Tyrion, and some sort of uh, what looked like to our world, a Roman ruins setting. Um, maybe that is where Tyrion somehow proves his worth and really knocks it out of the park because he has been considerably, not even worthless, but he has been a detriment to Danny all season. Hit ideas. Yeah, and the thing, well, I don't even know, was he pictured at that head out tap Because I think he's with Jorah going to Casterly Rock or something. Because they showed some Unsullied, too. They definitely did show him on a boat. I bet uh, she's like, dude, you're not coming with me on this. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, maybe the tete-a-tete is at Casterly Rock. I don't know. We're going to find that out. Let's he not speculate. Need, yeah, but, he but, needs a, but he's having a terrible season. Yeah. He's, he's the le- LVP, least valuable player of season seven. No question. The only thing, <laughs> he even got crushed when Danny said, <laughs> basically, I can't find my notes now, but she said, 
I hate heroes because <laughs> heroes just go and do dumb things and die. It's just like I'm glad uh, you're not a hero. <laughs> and also, that that was the same scene where they where they put in a couple more dunks on Jon Snow uh, about his height, with, which they managed to do like three or four different times in six episodes. Oh, they definitely dunked on him. Yeah, they definitely dunked on him about his height. I mean, Gendry did it last week. A lot of height dunking. All right. Um, let me give you some quick hits here, man, and we'll see if we sure. back our way in any more major themes. But um, the word whinging from the hound, which basically means like complaining. Is that a real word? I don't think so. Uh, not to my knowledge. Maybe it's British English. Anyway, I love it. Whinging is nice. <laughs> uh, I thought it was an interesting little scene with Jorah. You know, John tried to give Longclaw back to Jorah Mormont because it was his father's sword. Jorah's like, I'm a, I'm a terrible son. It's yours, man. Which, as Cindy Harrington pointed out via text message, what was John going to fight with if Jorah had Longclaw? I guess maybe they were going to trade swords. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I thought when Jorah turned it down, I wrote down, this is also part of me being a fatalist, and I play every scene as if it's like a game of Clue. I'm like, all right, how is this? Oh, this person won this scene? That means they're going to die next. Uh, so I'm always trying to figure that out. But after that song, that scene between Jorah and John, it seemed like Jonah, uh, Jorah was on like a suicide mission. He's like, no, I don't want my Valerian steel blade that's been in my family for hundreds of years. I'm going to turn it down and give it to you, you whatever. Yeah, I think he was like, I'm not coming back. Yeah, I, I think I, I thought he he just thought he wasn't, uh, and apparently he is now. He's still alive despite everything. Jorah Mormont has survived Grayscale, a White Walker invasion, and, and many more things than I care to remember or recant right now. Who's a bigger survivor in the in the seven seasons than Jorah Mormont? Oof, I don't know. Maybe Danny. You could say Danny. Gone in my head, Danny. Uh, gone. I mean, there's a couple people, but, but Jorah has the least amount of skill and the least amount of skin in the game to still be alive after all he's been through, for sure. Yes. Okay. Speaking of people with skin in the game, or not very much, but clearly ripping off the Revenant, a giant dead White Walker polar bear <laughs> rushed, rushed the crew, which clearly gave us a little bit of a, of a hint into... Oh, animals can be White Walkers too, which makes the dragon thing much more seamless. But they just bit that thing right from the Revenant, for those of you who saw the Revenant. I mean, Thoros Amir got mauled by a bear. It was just shaking around, exactly like Leo got shook around. Brick killed right. a guy. <laughs> but you're right, you mentioning that, how they, they just sort of foreshadowed how you know animals can be... Remember, guys, animals can be White Walkers, too. Oh, I wonder uh, why that's important. Oh, because Viserion's a White Walker. Um... Now, with 40 minutes of hindsight, I probably should have uh, seen that. The coming. best line from that scene was when poor Gendry was like, do your bears have blue eyes? <laughs> oh, God, I didn't even catch that. Great line. Do your bears have blue eyes? <laughs> um, good stuff. Okay. Uh, my favorite, you know, because he's dead, I'm going to give Thoros Amir said it's a funny old life. When he said, I just got bit by a dead bear. It's a funny old life. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Um, what else we got? Well, I was going to say, you know, real quick, and, and I know this is this just goes back to Tyrion, real quick, and I apologize, I skipped, I missed this note. No, please. Real uh, unpopular opinion. I'm still okay with the Tarleys dying last week. Totally, me I too. I don't understand why they were given four or five different opportunities to save themselves to save the sun to, to save Dickon uh, and uh, you know, they both chose their fate and eh, you know it's a tough world it's a tough world well I was gonna say for all the things that we've seen 
and seen done to people. And I mean, even the hound is having a redemption story. And a couple weeks ago, they had him basically go back to the home where he robbed a, a father and his daughter of like three shillings because he was just such a bad dude. Like, bad stuff happens in Westeros all the time. Those guys were being brazen. And they, they, the lady had three dragons at the time, and they weren't going to bend the knee. And she's like, dude, I, I'm not going to be – don't call BS on me. So yeah, they got what they deserved. Yeah, Tyrion taking umbrage with that still, like, uh, however long yeah. later. Very curious. It's weird. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't help him. It doesn't help him out. And it doesn't track story-wise. Uh, no, so he's ruthless. He knows how the game is played. No, exactly. He's a, he's a Lannister, for God's sakes. Also – him asking about a successor, a successor, after as Danny said, bumbling Dorn and, and Highgarden, and Casterly Rock, like uh, it's a very tote for a hand for somebody who is so clever and so, sees seven steps ahead. It's it's as if he's on meth. It's, it's like he has a drug. I don't know what's. <laughs> he's happening. literally taking crazy pills. Yeah, it's a horrible look. I don't, I don't get it. The only thing I think he's acting as is he's, he's driving Danny into Jon Snow's – he's driving them into each other's arms, whether it becomes incestuous love or just they realize that they're, they're nephew and, and, and aunt and, and it's not incestuous love. Um, or they go ahead with it anyway even though they do realize it. I, whatever. It's Westeros. But the thing is he all he's doing now is bringing their union closer together because he's just so inept and asking dumbass questions because the answer is if she can't have children – but Jon Snow is her last living relative, and then she figures that out. Then he, he's next, and actually, he's got a better claim than her. If we want to get into it, because he's Rhaegar Targaryen's son, and Rhaegar Targaryen was going to be the king before he got killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, technically, I get, I understand why he's thinking about it, but, but bad time he, to ask. Why he brought it up was exactly is terrible. And also, thank you so much for bringing up incest because I think it's. The time of the of the week where the filibuster freestyle talks about incest. Well, frankly, they they re- one guess it's been happening a lot lately, and two, they once again gave us a reason because the one thing we haven't talked about yet is, of course, John makes it back to the wall just in time on that on Uncle Benjen's horse. They get him on the boat. They strip him naked. Danny sees all of his scars, including through his heart, so she knows that it wasn't just a euphemism that he actually was stabbed in the heart for his people. He wakes up. They have a moment or two. There's a, a moment. Oh, it was a moment. It was. It was three moments, and I just, I just feel great. It's 2017, and weird things are happening all around. Real life. In, in the real world and the fake world, and it's just very interesting that the most talked about will they or won't they relationship on television right now is between an aunt and her nephew, um, and. What's even stranger is I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, and I'm rooting for it. And that it hurts to say a little bit. It's scary to say out loud, but uh, it's the truth. And I think we're all in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to refute points that it makes valid sense in the, in the case of this show. Um, we've come a long way from moonlighting. I'll tell you that. We've right come now. a long way from moonlighting. We've come a long way from friends. We've come a long way from a lot of things. Um. Like, so John bends the knee while in bed, by the way. Like, not, you know, he was literally in bed lying down because he's not well, but... Well, you know what? Because she, she came with her dragons to save him. Of yeah. course. And he said, like, you need to come... I totally support that. It was very logical. It made sense. And uh, forwarded the storyline that these two relatives would be romantically involved. <laughs> Which is really about as 
about as succinct and about as accurate as it can get. So, and also she said, hey, I need, I really needed to see those White Walkers in order to believe you. So, you know, you weren't lying. I came at my dragons. Our alliance is forged. Let's be Targaryens together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what, do you have anything else? I mean, I actually think, even though it was a huge episode, it was so much action that there's only a few major themes, but... No, I, I agree. I had a hard time writing things down in this episode because I was just trying to soak it in. At a certain point, I think 20 minutes in, it's not, it wasn't necessarily wall-to-wall action, but at 20 minutes in, I just kind of like sat back and I just had to, I just had to enjoy the episode and, and write down things here or there. I will say there are one or two things I, I we haven't talked about. Well, um, what do you got? Well, the one is that apparently if you kill a white walker, all the whites that they turn die. Correct. Which is kind of a game changer. Huge piece of knowledge. Yeah. The other, exactly. the other good thing, to your point, now that we're riffing on this, but that's huge and great, great to recall that because I lost that somewhere in my notes. Gavin, thank you. That's why I'm here. Exactly. That's why you're the pundit, the expert. That's why you're teaching your wife about the entire realm, even though she's seen four episodes of a 70-episode show. Um, yeah. the, they did get the body out of there. They got the White Walker that they captured. They got that White Walker. So, they're, so one, they know what you just said about being able to kill many if you kill kind of the main dude of, of the, set, the cells. But two, they're going to be able to maybe research this thing a little bit, figure out what makes it tick. What that also tells us, though, is both the dragon that that dragon is going to be there till the last episode of the, of the whole series because that dragon's not going down until the Night's King is gone. Um, oh no! Because the Night's King, the one is the one that turned it. So my my question is: Does Jon Snow not get on that other dragon until the last episode, and finally, with two people piloting dragons, they can beat the Night's King? I don't know. I mean, that's way, 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 way in the future, but... Gav, I... Like I said, I'm a fatalist with this show, and I have a really hard time not not imagining that the entire series doesn't end in some sort of mushroom cloud. Uh, <laughs> with, like, me, hopefully, uh, Tormund and Brienne getting a cottage somewhere by themselves and everybody else is just gone. I'll tell you what's going to happen is that Dario Naharis is going to inherit the whole world from Slaver's Bay, Dragon Bay. You want to talk about the worst ending of all time. Man, that would be terrible. Anyway, um, what else you got? Anything else? Because that was a good save by you there. Oh, I thank you. No, uh, no that, that's about it. It was just uh, there was a lot going on this episode. I don't want to expound on it. We could, I could literally talk for two hours about Tyrion's terrible decisions, about some of the little saves we had with the Hound saving Tormund, with uh, Jon Snow being saved somehow. I don't even understand. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little curious about Jon Snow coming out of the water. Uh, this just uh, in, your your wife just texted us, and apparently someone texted her, someone named Mara. Do you know who Mara is, Dan? I do, I do. Mara says, please ask all the all-knowing Dan his thoughts on if the White Walker dragon can shoot fire or not. Of course. It's going to be fire or it's going to be ice, but it's going to shoot something out of its mouth. It's a, I mean, it might not exactly. It might not be like red and yellow fire, or maybe it'll be some blue fire. But it's gonna be, it'll kill people. Well, think about it. Like dry ice burns, but it still is ice. I mean, whatever it is, it's not gonna be good for the people below. Right, it. It's something out of its mouth, out of its pie hole, and it's gonna kill people. Yeah, it know. might not be fire, fire, but it's gonna have. You know, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be dry yeah. ice. Great way to end it with listener questions coming in all over the place is great. Filibuster freestyle. 
ghostfreestyle.com. Winewall and Dragons. We only have one left next week, Dan. It's unbelievable. Oh, I'm so excited. You know what? I feel like last season, it was a. It, I was not looking forward to the pod. It was a, it was a, a trudge to, to get there. This season, I'm looking forward to the pod every week. It, this season's been a joy. It's been fantastic. We have not had a letdown episode yet, which means either we're going to get a, a I don't think we're going to get a clunker next week. They don't have enough time for clunkers. But we might get a, we're definitely going to get a cliffhanger ending. Listen, I, I am fine with what they've given me over the past few years. They could give me seven straight clunkers to end the end the, the series, and I will still give them a, a 100% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Well, look at you. You can't end it any better than that. Dan, stick around for a minute. We will catch up, guys. Wine, wall, and dragons. Filibuster freestyle. Keep, keep, keep on keeping on, as they say, because we got White Walker Dragons, the game has changed, and Phil Buster Freestyle will give you whatever you need to get through it. Dan, talk to you later. Thanks, Gab. See ya.